Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I'm back, baby. It's Sam Rosenberg. It is Wednesday, September 13th, 2017. And guess what? Guess what, motherfuckers? I got Shaka back on the phone because football season has started and we've got to talk some NFL football. Shaka, please tell us all, how you doing? I'm glad to be back. Uh, my fantasy football team is not glad to be back, though, because my number one pick is out for half the season, at least. Oh, it, so, that wouldn't happen to be Mr. David Johnson? Unfortunately, yes, it is. Yo, that guy who, uh, it, okay, is it a dislocated wrist? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, that's the diagnosis of dislocated wrist. They're saying two to three months, but that's pretty much your fantasy season, unless you're somehow going to make playoffs. Yeah, especially not. especially when you're talking about probably most people who have David Johnson drafted him number one, meaning that the rest of their team kind of suffered from them having the first pick. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a rough and a year full of just strategizing and trying to figure out those up-and-coming stars that come out of nowhere. Hey, guys, you better listen in because Shaka's going to be doing some fantasy football wheeling and dealing, and you might be able to take a few notes off of what he does. Okay, let's cut right to the chase. We've got, listen, we've got plenty to talk about, but, you know, this year, you know, as I was speaking for everyone out there, I was talking to Shaka, trying to adjust the format a little bit, trying to see if we can find a couple of key storylines from each weekend to focus on, see what we can, you know, take from them, and hopefully it'll illuminate the rest of the league as we move through the season. So... That in mind, the first topic I want to discuss was the kickoff Thursday night Patriots loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this was quite dramatic, had all the fanfare. It was a Patriots a Patriots gasm before the friggin' game started where they were all just jerking each other off around all these five championships and <laughs> Roger Goodell is there and blah, blah, blah. And the Patriots came out and looked pretty good, but then the Chiefs pretty much dominated the game and put a smackdown, especially in the second half. So... That being said, Shaka, I want to hit you with the first question, which is really about the Patriots. Now, should we overreact? Do we, should we overreact to any of what we saw in this first game? Shaka, what do you think? Well, I honestly, I want to say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for one reason, I don't want to get on the topic of the Patriots, but I do have to say this, that going back to last year, Kansas City started the season 1-5 and five yeah. and finished it 11-5. and five. They won 10 games in a row. Mm-hmm. The only team they lost to last year was in the playoffs to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So you know, coming into this year, I, I think I think we have a legitimate you know contender to the throne here in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But that being said, uh, I think the Patriots just wearing a little bit of that you know Super Bowl championship rust off. Mm-hmm. You know, guys were a little complacent. I know they had a big injury in, uh, in terms of Julian Edelman mm-hmm. not being available at all. And, you know, he's a big part of their game flow and getting those first downs and moving the chains. Uh, Danny Amendola is a great replacement. Yeah. But still, at the end of the day, I mean, just the connection between Brady and Edelman is it's hard to replace. And it's going to be hard to replace, I think. Uh, this might be Edelman's last year. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all depends. But uh, I think the, the Patriots just look a little bit out of sorts, but it's not – I don't think it's time to, to to hit the panic button just yet. They 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 bounce back very well from losses, uh, as we've seen in the past. So I think they're going to come come back, you know, with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after this loss to a really really good Kansas City team. Yeah, that's a you know you make a really great point about uh, the wide receivers, and I do want to touch on that because Kansas City is you know listen. Andy Reid is the coach of the the Chiefs. You know, Andy Reid's one of the best coaches out there. He really is. He and Belichick have gone head to head before, most notably the Super Bowl from '04 when my Eagles lost to the Patriots. 
but also, you know, he's gone head to head with the Chiefs, and Andy Reid is is pretty good at at you know holding up against Bill Belichick teams. And most notably, we can remember a couple of years ago, if you remember that Monday night game when Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs absolutely embarrassed the Patriots, and all of a sudden everybody was saying, "Is this the end of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick?" Um, <laughs> So this is not the first time the Chiefs have really stuck it to him, and everyone's sort of been overreacting the next morning. Um, by the way, that season, uh, the Patriots won the Super Bowl, so I don't think it was the end of those two. Yeah. Um, but my long-windedness is coming back to the wide receivers because losing Edelman was huge. You're absolutely right. But then bringing in Amendola, if you watched, Amendola kind of did his best Julian Edelman impersonation. He ended up having 100 yards receiving. Um, he was pretty effective, but... Amendola's issues have been injuries, and he ended up leaving the game with a concussion. Um, there's no real timetable for when he's going to come back. And then you couple that with Gronk looked old. Gronk did not look athletic. He didn't look speedy. I mean, when he went down and caught the touchdown pass that they ended up calling back, I mean, he got up pretty slow. I Just everything about Gronk really scared me. And when I'm thinking... If Gronk is not going to be dangerous for their passing game, and now you don't have Edelman, I'm really starting to say, okay, how fast is Brandon Cooks going to come up to speed? Because he looked good, yeah. but Amendola, I don't know if he's going to last an entire season. Who is really going to fill those spots? And that's where I start to I get a little worried. What do you think? I think, I think Chris Hogan... This is going to be either Chris Hogan's big breakout, his chance. I mean, the, 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 you're absolutely right about the injuries. There's just so many opportunities now for him to kind of come up. He's had a, a few flashes of brilliance last year, but mm-hmm. he was kind of more of a deep threat. Yeah. You know, he he, he was that third man, uh, you know, lined up, and I think defenders didn't really give him the respect they should have, and he caught a couple guys, you know, naked out there. Mm-hmm. I think this year, if he really kind of wants to contribute and earn a spot, with, you know, an aging Edelman and a questionable Amendola, uh, it, there's no time like the present. Brandon Cooks is going to eventually get in rhythm. Yeah. And I think you're right, Gronk is a big question. I'm not sure if he's just still, you know, kind of, he's had a lot of injuries. And yeah. I'm not sure if this is kind of a permanent thing or if this is him shaking off a bit of rust. Mm-hmm. So and that's a big question. I think, look, they've got James White, mm-hmm. who's a great receiver out of the back. Well, he can still line up in a slot whenever they need to. So it might be some kind of tweaking. And when we talk about tweaking, no one does it better than Bill Belichick. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think he's going to kind of figure out, all right, this is what I don't have. And he's going to come out and absolutely befuddle some defense uh, next weekend just with a completely new game plan that kind of utilized. They're really good at using what they have. They're the guys with that kitchen pantry. They got a bunch of random shit. Yeah. And you turn it into a great meal. I mean, so I think they're going to do it. How many running backs they have on this roster? That's something that really, you know, I got to, I respect what they did. They brought in a lot of running backs that do all different things, and they really were on show. Like that, whereas the wide receivers kind of disappointed to a degree. The wide, the running backs were great. Gillisley had three rushing touchdowns. He did exactly what they wanted him to do. He, he was filled, stellar. He was stellar. He filled that Legarrette Blunt role perfectly. You know, they brought, they started the game with Rex Burkhead. He's got a little bit of that shifty kind of James White you know, Deion Lewis style to him. And then there's still James White. There's still Deion Lewis. I mean, if anything, they're definitely shoring up for, you know, injuries to say the least. Um, but where their wide receivers are lacking, I do like what's going on with their running backs. Uh, can we switch to the other side of the ball? Yeah, let's talk on the other side of the ball. That, pa- uh-huh. that Patriots defense and, and also the Chiefs offense. The Chiefs offense, 
I mean, Alex Smith looked like Peyton Manning. He was throwing the ball all over the place. Alex Smith ever thrown a deep? I can't remember the last time I saw him throw a deep ball. I mean, not since he was in on on the 49ers. I mean, to see him throw a pass more than 20 yards was, I had to scratch my eyes and look at it again. (laughs) It was amazing. Uh, Look, granted, they have Hill as a a monster deep threat Mm -hmm. that he's been kind of catching these dink and dunks and taking them all the way. Yeah. And it's good to see them really kind of open up the offense. And I think maybe they caught the Patriots at the pass down a little bit. Yeah. Expecting and, kind of like these, you know, these quick passes, these yeah. quick lateral passes, you know, and screen passes. And I think they caught the Patriots defense a little bit naked. Uh, Devin McCourty got caught out there a couple times. Yes, he did. Uh, deep. So I think, I think they had executed a really good game plan. And I think Alex Smith is fighting for his life also. Yeah. Uh, with the Chiefs drafting, Air apparent quarterback, yeah, uh, right behind him. Uh, Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. is Pat Mahomes, the second, which is weird because I actually watched I... his dad play baseball when I was a kid, <laughs> so it's weird to think about his son is an NFL quarterback. That is strange. But I, I think Alex Smith is fighting for his life. Well, and you know, something else I want to highlight, uh, when you talked about you know, Alex Smith making it rain out there. The second half was very different from the first. First half was a pretty competitive game, the second half, the Chiefs kind of ran away with it. And I want to highlight Dante Hightower going down. Yeah. He got hurt, and I really think you know the Patriots' defense wasn't thoroughly impressive before he got injured, but then when he got hurt, they really lost something. And I think that was a major piece of sort of... I'm not saying that's the reason Alex Smith did what he did, but I do think some of those blown coverages and some of those big touchdown passes might have had something to do with Hightower not being on the field. Because Hightower's the middle linebacker. I mean, he's kind of their quarterback for the defense. Yeah. And look, Hightower... Could have commanded a lot of money in the offseason from some other team, but he, you know, he came back and he he's basically the anchor for Patriots defense, which we all know is flexible and they change a lot and they mm-hmm. can kind of utilize different guys. But you're right, that middle linebacker is usually the guy who spots the offensive lineups. He, you know, can change the blitz on the fly. Usually he's that guy who kind of just directs the offense on or the defense on field. Yeah, they so lost something I, when he left the field. And Hightower is not that – he's a young guy, really, when you think about it in terms of uh, – he's a young guy, and uh, it's really hard to see. For a Patriots defense, if we're really honest with ourselves, it's not been that great the last couple of years. It's been just good no, enough. Good enough. Just good enough. And to have him go down, it really puts a big question mark on can he really hold the floodgates. You know, talking about running backs, Kareem Hunt ran all over the place, too. And, you know, these yes. rookies are really putting on a show in week one. Um, that was something else. Hightower being down is one thing, but when he was able to run all over this Patriots defense, I mean, it looked like they were ill-prepared. And that's where that's where part of me actually wants to overreact. I have every faith that Bill Belichick's going to respond, but do you think that the Patriots are going to have issues stopping the run for the whole season? Well, I think that was a problem for them a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they held a few running backs under 100 yards, but teams definitely... They gave it a go. Every every game, teams gave it a shot to try and run on the Patriots. So I, I think that they're expecting people to kind of expose their weaknesses moving forward. But it is a big question. Granted, Kareem Hunt is, I think, going to be a 1,000-yard back this season. Mm-hmm. And just the way the Chiefs execute their offense, they, they always, you know, from Jamal Charles to last year, they, you know, they had Kendrick West. And Spencer and Ware. Spencer where they're good at like mixing in the backs that can catch out of the backfield like and run. So I think the Chiefs just won their offensive line, just does a great job of just, you know, 
creating lanes for them. And you factor that in with the Patriots uh, defense that has some shaky moments. They're, they're bound to get spanked out there. So it's going to be a question of whether or not Patriots can shore up and kind of fill in some of these, these weaknesses in, uh, in terms of the run game. And it's going to be hard. I honestly don't see it really working with every single team. There are some teams that are really, really strong in the ground game. So uh, I think that the real issue is going to be can the offense kind of keep them in it. Okay. So. I'm going to use our discussion of line play to pivot us right into our next topic, transition. Um, let's switch to the Seahawks-Packers game. This was this was like a you know a heavyweight bout of NFC contenders. The Packers, the Seahawks. It, it's no mystery these two teams have both been you know two of the powerhouses in the NFC for the last handful of years, and probably will at least for the next couple of years, especially as long as they've got the you know quarterbacks that they have under center. Um, but the Packers came away with this game. It was a victory. Um, very very defensive, which I think initially would have gone in the direction of the Seahawks, but. Inevitably, the Packers were able to come away with the win. Now, the question I want to ask you is, all right, the Packers' defense and their defensive line, Mike Daniels specifically, had a field day. They were pushing around the Seahawks' offensive line, and the Seahawks have a bad offensive line. I get that, and I think it's probably the weakest part of their team considering how amazing their defense is. But my question for you is, okay, are the Packers defense is the Packers defense actually good, or is it really a reflection of just Seattle having a terrible, terrible offensive line? What was your reaction there? I think I, not to sound like I'm sitting on the fence. I want to say it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Really, the the offensive line problem for the Seahawks has been an issue for about three years now. Yeah, which is amazing to me that they haven't through the draft been able to to kind of really get rid of this problem. You yeah. have a franchise quarterback who, I mean, granted, he's great in terms of getting out of the pocket and making throws on the run, but I don't think you want to make the offensive line the issue, especially when he's been he's been injury-plagued. Yes. And he's had so many problems with his ankles yes. and his knees, and I just really i am having a hard time imagining what the defense is going to be when, you know, Russell Wilson goes down because he was – on the backside, on the yeah. blind side, and uh, because uh, you know, their their third the their third string left tackle, you know, blows a coverage or just gets beat, and then he's out for the season. And the question is, you know, whose fault is it that our offensive line's been crap for three years? Yeah. So I, I I'm, I'm I find it inexcusable that the Seahawks have the same kind of fundamental flaw, and it's going to make it really hard. Their offense, they've got such talent. On yeah, they you do. Jimmy Graham. You got Doug Baldwin, mm-hmm. and, you know, and they, they just, and it's really mind-boggling. And they have a, this a bevy of running backs to choose from Yeah, that it doesn't really matter because the offensive line can't really get them. They can't really get initiated. They can't get the ball rolling. You can't really get a series down the field, you know, to, to score if everything comes apart as soon as uh, the snap. Yeah, and and it's you you nailed it. This offensive line's been an issue for a couple of years, and the rest of the team, like the rest of the team, is solid. You've got one of the best quarterbacks out there in Russell Wilson. You've got great, you know, uh, wide receivers with, enough that they were re- willing to part with Jermaine Curse. They just moved on from yeah. him, and then you've got you know they brought in Eddie Lacy, who I. I don't think looked particularly good, but then you've got Thomas Rawls, who didn't even play, but he's still in the backfield. You've got this rookie Chris Carson. You got C.J. Proceis. I mean, 
They've got guys. And then we're not even talking about the defense. I mean, they traded for Sheldon Richardson, one of the best defensive linemen in the game right before the season starts. So everything else is kind of in good shape. This offensive line is so bad. And most of the work they're doing is from Russell Wilson magic. I mean, him scrambling outside of the pocket and just doing pitch and catch playground, you know, third down conversions for touchdown passes. Like, he's the one who's moving out of the pocket, stepping up from the pocket. Like, he is making up for all of the poor offensive line play. But you nailed it. Inevitably, they're going to hit him. They're going to take him down with an injury, and he's not going to be able to get back up. And what I'm also hearing is that in the locker room, there's some issues between the offense and the defense. The defense is getting very upset with the offense's inability to actually produce because they're out there playing their hearts out, holding a team like the Green Bay Packers to 17 points, and their offense can't get any more than a couple of field goals. And Pete Carroll's showing it, man. There was a fourth and one like in the red zone that they kicked a field goal. If, 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 there's, another, if there's not another indictment of not having confidence in your offense, I don't know what there is. There's always been this, uh, this kind of just rivalry between the offense and defense for the Seahawks. This is yeah. an animosity. It's, it, I think initially when they were, you know, Super Bowl champions and contenders, it's always been considered a good thing. But when you're not winning and you're you're not scoring, especially that kind of healthy composition turns into kind of hey, get off our backs. Mm-hmm. We're doing the best we can. And I I think right now they're just in that that gray area where, you know, a couple a couple losses back-to-back can really kind of bring things down. I mean, look at the Jets from a few years ago where they were winning games, and the next year, there's just a 180 turnaround in terms of just team, you know, locker room chemistry. Yeah. It, can, it can change really quickly. That dynamic, that environment can just get toxic very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I think, and look, you said it before, Russell Wilson makes magic on the field, but I don't want to see every single... Every single score you have is because there's just some breakdown in coverage because Russell Wilson is scrambling in a pocket for 30 seconds before he finally lets off a bomb. Mm-hmm. You can't win. You can't win a Super Bowl with miracles every single game. It's just it, it's not a it's not inspiring confidence at all. If you had to pick one Seattle running back to have on your fantasy football team, who would it be? It's really hard, man. I I, I think I think the Seahawks like this kid, Chris Carson. I think they want to give him kind of the reins to the whole thing, but I, I liked the glimpses that I saw of CJ Procise last year. He looks like a dual threat. He can catch the ball out of the backfield and really burn you. And he looks like he's got a healthy, you know, uh, north to south running game. I, the only thing that happened in last year is he broke his leg. Yeah. And we never really got to see, like, a really nice stretch of what he could really pull off or if it was a fluke. So, and Thomas Rawls is just injury prone. Yeah, he really is. So, I don't think they're really banking on him to be that workhorse that he usually is. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, Eddie Lacy is still just a big question mark. Yeah, he really is. We're going to get. So, I think right now your best bet is to go with Carson. Okay. Chris Carson. You heard it here first. Um, Packers, anything like, does this change your opinion of the Packers? Or do you feel like it was sort of business as usual? I mean, I think they got pushed around a little bit in the first half, but. By the second half, you know, Aaron Rodgers did his thing. I mean, one of the touchdowns was a blown coverage, and he just threw to an open Jordy Nelson. Or, well, he was—he threw a perfect pass to make sure he got it in. But the other one, the touchdown by Ty Montgomery, that was when Russell Wilson fumbled the ball on his own six-yard line, which, again, offensive line play. Yeah. I don't think we really got to see 
kind of what the Packers are really made of this year. Mm-hmm. At least not in this first game. Uh, I think a lot of it was the the Seahawks folding in in themselves. And you you notice we didn't really talk much about the Packers at all. There's nothing dynamic. There's nothing. No. That nothing that showed us there's anything new, a new face. Yeah. To this Packers team. So I think we're gonna have to wait and see uh, a, a real a real complete team, a more complete team later on in the season before we can kind of get an assessment. They're still. I think they're still living and dying by Aaron Rodgers' arm, but he really didn't have to do too much in this game. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I don't think there was anything new we learned about the Packers right now. Um, speaking of complete teams, another great segue. Let's go into this Sunday night game. Dallas Cowboys beat the New York Giants. Now, okay. First off, this is a completely different storyline for the Cowboys because now there is a very real chance Ezekiel Elliott's going to play the entire season. And with him coming back into the fold... Okay, coming into this season thinking Elliott wasn't going to play for a majority of it, if not a chunk of it, you had to temper your expectations for what the Cowboys were going to do. I certainly did. But bringing Elliott back, it really makes me feel like this team might be able to pick up where they left off last year. And I think they're going to be pretty dangerous. Now, the thing that was really disappointing was the Giants. I mean, they looked like dog shit. Uh, I thought they'd have a much better defense. I thought they were going to probably... And, you know, they played fairly well. It's just that their offense is so bad that they couldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything in the air. They couldn't do anything on the ground. Another team which has atrocious offensive line play. So I ask the question again, was this bad offense by New York or really good defense by Dallas? Because, listen, Dallas has had a respectable defense, but nothing amazing. What do you think? Do you think this was just bad New York offense or like really solid Cowboys defense? I, I really, it's really hard to say. I, I'm I'm still baffled by just the amount of talent that the Giants have. Yeah. And there's just, there's no kind of, it just doesn't coalesce in anything. Brandon Marshall. Oh my God. Was almost non-existent. I wasn't expecting him to be a monster in this game, but almost a non-factor whatsoever. I don't think he had a catch until into the second half of the he, fourth quarter. He had so his, late. He had one catch, and it was in the last thirty seconds of the game. It's crazy. I, I'm, I'm I'm just baffled that a guy like that on the Jets got so much attention and was still able to make plays. And on the Giants, where he's not even the first option. Well, I mean, granted, we didn't have Odell Beckham Jr present in this game it's still just they have so much talent with Shepard yeah and they've got this new kid um what's his uh, uh, the tight end, Evan Evan Ingram Evan Ingram Evan Ingram uh, who's supposed to be basically not even a tight end he's just a wide receiver playing in the tight end position and they got nothing going and I don't know if this is the beginning of the end for Eli Manning it's too early in the season to say but I just feel like this is the inconsistency we've seen from Eli for the last couple of years, mm. where sometimes he just looks like a gem with 340 yards passing, three touchdowns, and to transition to the next game where it's 170 yards, a touchdown, three yard interceptions, yeah. what have you. There's just nothing there to kind of make you feel confident that he's the person that can run this offense. You know, it's it's funny you go to Eli because that's not necessarily where I went to. I mean, I thought about. Personally, I thought Brandon Marshall was going to step up. I've never known him to be a speedster. I've known him to be a tall guy who jumps over receivers, who fights. You know, he's a guy who goes and gets it. So with Odell not playing, I thought this was an opportunity for him to, you know, get some possessions, you know, really kind of get in the mix. To see him run incorrect routes, 
to see him not have any cohesion with Eli Manning at all, and then to see Sterling Shepard get more targets, get more of the catches, and then to see other guys like Roger Lewis Jr. catching the ball, Evan Ingram catching the ball. It was just such a, uh, like a, an illustration of how much ineptitude is going on with their offense because Marshall is not even in sync. This was a prime opportunity for him. He wasn't even ready to take that chance. And then the offensive line is, I mean... They could not protect Eli whatsoever, and this is against the Cowboys of all teams. Well, you know what? I, I would have expected better from the Giants' offensive line because they've been pretty, they've been pretty okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think usually what happens with breakdown is sometimes Eli just takes too long to make decisions. Normally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, me going to Eli in terms of just not being, being there at all is I, I think one of the things is that he has such a good uh, rapport with. Odell Beckham Jr. and I think that's just through reps. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm not really sure e, what the the off season plan is in terms of Eli getting in sync with his wide receivers. Period. Yeah, because I I I, I looked at that game and I just felt like, come on, some of those routes that they were running just should be basic in out routes that they should be able to pick up something. It just didn't feel like there was anything consistent whatsoever. And I know the Cowboys defense is solid, but but it's this, not that this, good. I felt like I felt like it should have been a back and forth kind of game. Like, yeah. you know, this should have been like a twenty-four, twenty-one. It just didn't feel competitive at all. I I felt like they were barely hanging in there. And I I just completely agree. For them to finally get started, it just never happened. Yeah, and they couldn't get anything going on the run game either. I mean, Paul Perkins couldn't go anywhere. Is that the offensive line or is that him? I don't know, but everything looked so bad. I think one of my knocks on the Giants has always been, at least in the last. They've been so blasé in terms of the running back game that uh, I, I've never had any confidence in Paul Perkins. I never had any confidence in the guy before that, and the guy before that, and the guy before that. They yeah. don't really invest since well t- after Tiki Barber last. Yeah, I was going to say Ahmaud, after Tiki Ahmaud Barber, Bradshaw, Ahmad Bradshaw was probably the closest thing they had to a consistent, mm-hmm. you know, commitment to a running back. But I don't think they really take it seriously enough, and I, I think they need to. I think they really need to look. Like some teams, I you know the Vikings went out and got a kid, Dalvin Cook. Ooh. You know they, they they put commit to like someone that the defense is going to respect, right? Because I think that's part of it. No one's afraid of Paul Perkins. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm not worried about him. I barely know anything about the guy mm-hmm. outside of the fact that he plays for the Giants. So I think they moving from that. We're not talking about this like the, the off seasons around the corner, but I think this is going to show up throughout the season where the running back is going to kind of be a non-factor. He might be in the red zone. But other than that, like in terms of really kind of putting a dent in the other team's defense, is not going to be a uh, factor. Mm. Good point. Good point. And uh, last note I'll say on Eli. Eli's been such a mixed bag for so many years. It's really hard to pinpoint if he is actually declining. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and uh, again, that's, I, I wonder if that ties into the running back. Because every team, I, I think... Any team was like good quarterback play. Like even though you can say the Patriots are, you know, Tom Brady's been an amazing quarterback, but even then you can always say those running backs helped him. Yeah, you didn't have a, a running back to say that was like you know a Pro Bowler on that team, but there was always a contribution. James White would give you a solid game. Yeah, get you know Legarrette Blunt last year would have these you know tough, hard running games where yeah. kind of everything wasn't always incumbent on the quarterback to to deliver to. To make an ant, you know, to there was always a, a spell. Mm-hmm. Even with the Packers, when you look at Aaron Rodgers last year, Ty Montgomery really helped him out in terms of, you know, giving like a dual threat. So yeah. there was, there has to be some kind of like 
uh, there has to be a little more equilibrium with the Giants, and they don't really have that right now. Okay. And I don't think e- Eli can really. I don't think Eli is the guy who's really kind of poised to to just be the quarterback to make it happen. Yeah. He's really, really, really. Uh, he's on shaky ground right now. So. And I also think he used up all of his magic, if you know what I mean. It's possible. <laughs> he, he he got some magic. He got like you know a nice you know, bucket of magic from God, and he's used all of it. He's got his two Super Bowls. I don't know if there's any left in that bucket. Oh, look, those are two great Super Bowls. There's two so great Super I, Bowls. I think it's, it's given him such a grace period and such a pass. Yeah. I mean, really, when you think about it, because any other quarterback, I think a lot of teams would, would really start to look for a replacement at yeah. this point. But, dude, that pass is still continuing as we speak. Yeah. Um, th- anything to say about the Cowboys? I don't think I learned anything new from the Cowboys. I mean, I think no, they Dak Prescott, Prescott's the star of that team, I, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, just such such poise, and I don't like that word, but it, it's probably the best adjective I have to describe. Yeah, him. he's just I, I just not rattled at all. And for a guy who's only in his second year, who plays like he's been here seven years, I know. It, it's just really it's. It, I don't, I'm not even a big Cowboys fan, but it's. It's fun to watch him just because yeah. of Dak Prescott. And I, you Elliot's, know, Elliot's a freak, but Prescott's just fun to watch. I mean, I keep waiting for a moment when Prescott's really going to have like a terrible game or fall on his face, and just he has yet to do it. And I, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. Be, again, a legitimate team is going to have to find a way to kind of to find some flaw in his game. It's not like he he doesn't pick up the blitz or something like that. But there's just there's nothing that you can pinpoint that's wrong with what he does on the field. Yeah, I I completely agree. He's He's really something else. God bless you, Cowboys. You got another starting quarterback right there. Lucky bastard. That happened quickly. Um, okay, let's move off this game. Let's go to our uh, closing statements because we're going to talk about our teams. Shaka, why don't you start us off? New York Jets. Give me just just some reactions. What what are your thoughts on the team? What'd you see? What'd you like? What'd you not like? Just give me your two cents on the Jets. Well, in this offseason, I'm going to admit there was a while where it just took me a while to really remember what the hell our damn quarterback's name was or who was in the quarterback competition, you know, for the actual starting position. Because, and the reason I couldn't remember is mainly because I knew the Jets were kind of thrown in the towel before the season started. Yeah. They let so many guys go. They cut so much salary. Mm -hmm. They traded away. I mean, and somebody needed to trade away, honestly. But I, I think they're just subtly throwing in the towel here. Okay. And, um. Well, no, finish your thoughts. Sorry. And I look, Sam Darnold's a great college quarterback, and I think they're looking forward to it. But at the end of the day, the wide receiver core is young and experienced. They're going to struggle. Quarterback is 37 years old, and he's making per-game incentives to, to one, start – and two, have good games. Uh, I think there's just, there's something they're going to play, they're going to compete, but they're just not really a playoff-bound team. They're, I I don't even have words to put it to you sometimes. But it's just so laughable. I'm going to watch Jets games this year. I'm going to root for the Jets. But if they win any games, I'm going to be amazed, to be honest. It's just it's, it's to that point where they're, they're fielding a respectable amount of, like, you know, quality players matt forte yeah you know we still got Bilal powell we still got a couple guys i mean i don't know anything about sharon peak mm-hmm. that makes me feel robbie anderson there's nothing about that makes me feel like oh man this is the future 
Yeah. This is, you know, there's there's a lot of groundwork they still kind of have to do. And I almost feel like they're the Browns where they're just kind of trying guys out to see yeah. what they have. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. Christian Hackenberg is, I, I honest to goodness think he's never actually going to be NFL ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bryce Petty, Bryce Petty's had a shot. And I, I think, I think Jets management, I think Jets coaches have lost confidence Wow. in what he actually brings to the field because I don't think he was even really part of this conversation in the offseason wow. in terms of being a starting quarterback. So I, I, I'm going to be watching this season just as kind of an examination, just which I think the coaches are going to be doing, where they're going to be seeing what do we have here because we're building this thing over starting from the quarterback. <sighs> so I think they just dumped all the salary because they're going to build a brand new team around whoever they pick up come uh, draft time. And there's going to be a few good quarterbacks out there uh, I know UCLA's got a great quarterback as well um, in the wings, so I, I think they're they're looking forward to the future. Wow, it's uh, it's it's just disappointing as a Jets. You know, you're a Jets fan. I'm not not a Jets fan, but as Jets fans out there, you know, this is still football. This is not basketball. You can't tank the same way like you can in those other leagues. And to see an NFL team like the Jets. Listen, they're never going to say they're tanking, but you're absolutely right. The when when they shed salary. When they have a starting quarterback who's on a game per game incentive, and you know, you, you all of your workshop quarterbacks in the workshop are, you know, none of them look like they're ever going to be ready for prime time. It's just a really unfortunate situation. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry that you that you're a fan, man. It's, it's just. I've had unsettling. a lot of time to think about it, and I think, I think when you ask me the question, I, I, I think the one word I'd use is resignation. Like at least I know, I know what it is. It's not me going through the season trying to figure out if they, this, this is a potentially playoff-ready team or not. I, just, I knew before the gun that it's not. And, I mean, anything that comes out of this that's positive is just, hey, well, you know what, that's it's the bonus. But yeah. at the end of the day, I think they're really playing for, you know, next season yeah. at this point. Well, here, do you want to hear some, some of my thoughts on the Eagles? There might be some more positives. Yeah, I, I'm going to go 100% and agree there's a lot more positives. That you guys are already a couple years ahead in development from where I'm at. Uh, yes, yes, we did have our, our speed bumps with Chip Kelly, but we're, we're doing okay right now. Uh, Eagles did win. Um, nice little road win against the, uh, the Redskins, so they, got a, they picked up a nice divisional victory. Um, some of the thoughts I want to tell you is, uh, number one, the defense looked amazing. Eagles defense is really yeah. stacked. I mean, all throughout the game, as the game progressed – I slowly came to the realization that the Eagles D is going to make the play of the game. You know, when, when it came down to the end of the game and it was sort of like, we need a big play, Eagles D came on the field and I was like, okay, this is where the big play is going to come from. There's going to be a turnover. There's going to be a strip sack. There's going to be a pick. There's going to be something. And that's exactly what happened. Now, the game ended with an incomplete pass that they ruled a fumble, you know, return for a touchdown. Either way, the defense made the big stop. Um... Really unfortunate, though, they picked up Ronald Darby. He actually dislocated his ankle in that game. He's going to be out for a month and a half. Just unfortunate. Um, but on the offensive side of the ball, that was it. Was, listen, there's it was a little bit of a mixed bag. You know, Carson Wentz had some great throws. There was a few moments where he looked like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, scrambling out of the pocket and just throwing somebody open, and it was really amazing, like Brett Favre-type stuff. Then there was some atrocious throws. You know, then there was a throw where he just overthrew a guy. Yeah. You know, a moment where it was like, oh, they clearly needed a few more reps. Um, 
Ryan Kerrigan, to his credit, he had Carson Wentz's number last year. I remember watching a game when uh, Lane Johnson, their right tackle, was suspended, and they brought in the backup right tackle, his guy Halapui Vata Vaitai. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> this guy came in, he was a rookie, and Ryan Kerrigan ate him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and just proceeded to have Carson Wentz for dessert. Well, listen, I know the Eagles won the game, but Ryan Kerrigan was the guy who had the pick six on Carson Wentz. Like, you know, there were still moments of mistakes. Um, So that's why I'm sort of like, it's a mixed bag. I feel positive, but there's still, you know, there's there's still a ways to go. The the running game was pretty good. You know, I really liked... um, LeGarrette Blunt looked bad in the preseason, but he looked great in this game. He did everything they needed him to do. You know, hard running... Getting those short yardage, uh, you know, first downs, and you know, had a touchdown. And whereas the other guys like Wendell Smallwood and you know Darren Sproles looked pretty good, but Smallwood was like okay. You know, these guys who look good in the preseason, big big surprise. They didn't exactly equate to being awesome in Week One. Um, you know, even uh, Alshon Jeffrey, like Alshon Jeffrey, didn't really shine or stand out in the game. You know, but the the wide receivers were noticeably better. There was a great long pass to Torrey Smith. You know, just like there was one in the beginning of the game that was a little overthrown. Like that's a little bit of that week one rust that I think they're going to work through. But I'm really optimistic. You know, the defense is I think going to win some games for them, and I think we'll probably make up for some of the mistakes they make on offense. But Offensive line is pretty strong. They, you know, they're they're healthy right now. They added skill position players in the wide receiving core and the running backs. They're doing a lot of a lot of good things, and I'm really curious to see how they play the Chiefs this weekend because now they're going to go face. We started this podcast talking about the Chiefs are like Super Bowl contenders. The Eagles got to go to Kansas City and face Andy Reid and Big Red and really try to figure out if this. Uh, you know, this exciting show that they had in Washington can translate in Kansas City. We'll see. I think it'll yeah. be a big challenge, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling very good okay. about the Eagles. You got a lot to look forward to. I, I think one of the biggest factors is one, we know Carson Wentz can air it out. And the good thing is that you actually have an offensive line that can give him time to, to kind of make a good read and to make a throw. And he has guys who can actually go deep. He's got Aguilar. Tory Smith. Yeah. Um, I think Alshon Jeffrey is more of a threat in the red zone. He's that, yes. you know, go up and get it kind of guy, mm-hmm. which is fine. They'll need that as well. But I, I you have a lot to look forward to. And you've also got a guy in uh God, I'm having LeGarrette Blunt who mm-hmm. can just, you know, pound a defense and wear him down a little bit and then you can just, you know, surprise him with a deep pass. So there's there's a little more flexibility in the uh in the the offense you guys had last year, which is great. And I look I think sky's the limit. You guys are in the fight. Yeah. So I mean, I my predict my I'm hoping knock on wood, they actually might even take the division from the from the Cowboys. Look, I think they're probably the way the Giants look right now. They are the legit contenders, right? So that's uh, a good start. Well, that's feels really good to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, just uh, I. I'm not going to say anything else about your Jets because I, I kind of don't I, – I feel like I'm pouring salt on the wound if I talk more about I, I the I think – you know what I think? I, again, I, I'm, I'm in one of those – it's almost like I took a lithium or something. I'm just like – I've been numbed to the – like, oh, my God. Is, am I on fire? I didn't like, even feel that. Yeah, like, oh, my hand has been sawn off. I can't even feel it. Yeah, so I, I, this is going to be a very – I don't think I can get excited about anything until probably like we're at the midway mark of the season where I'm like, <laughs> So what's going on with this team? Is this actually still like they're still playing football? 
They just <laughs> this is this is still happening. Did they pack up or what? What's going on? Well, um, we'll uh, listen. We're gonna find out. We'll see how how things shake out. And uh, I think that's listen. I think that we can end there. It's about all we need to talk about. Um, we'll come back next week with more storylines, and we'll un we'll peel back the onion even further and see uh, you know, see which one of these opinions was actually accurate and which one wasn't. Yeah. All right. Uh, Shaka, dude, you're the best. Thanks a lot for coming on. For everyone else out there, I'm going to do the normal plugging. Uh, subscribe to the Sam Sports Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Find me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Find me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. And of course, you can always hit Shaka and I with some mailbag questions. Email us at samsportsstation at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Shaka, any just last thoughts before we sign off? Well, as always, guys, thank you for listening. Um, for those of you who were foolish, like me, and drafted Johnson with your first pick, um, I think they're going with Curran Williams as a starting running back. Definitely. I honest to goodness, who knows, the Cardinals. Because once upon a time, uh, Johnson was considered the third option on that team back <laughs> when they had Chris Johnson. So, who knows? Uh, let's see if Ellington actually gets some more reps, finally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 kind of a toss up, but I would tell you go with Colonel Williams if you're if you're you know still on your knees praying that there's some kind of fantasy miracle because I am. Oh, and uh, by the way, for everyone out there, uh, I believe the Cardinals did sign Chris Johnson back onto the squad. It's hilarious! I didn't even know that. Oh well, my god! However, I'm pretty confident he is not going to be the starter. I think Kerwin Williams still a good pickup. That's amazing. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We love the fact that you guys want to check out some football. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk some more football. Take it easy, guys. Bye, guys.